The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. This is Robin Nelson with another edition of Wrestle Podcast. And my guest tonight is Terry Rook Jr., known as professional wrestler B.A. Bundy. How's it going? Hey, it's going well, Robin. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Anytime. So what's your thoughts about the coronavirus in, in the wrestling business right now and all the canceled bookings? You know, as a worker out there, there's a lot of guys and a lot of exposure, a lot of money, a lot of networking, um, and, and that's sad for everybody. But I've seen some really cool things happening, uh, some like creative ways of people getting together, sharing knowledge. Uh, Snake Pit Pro out of Vegas has opened up an online schools that have Facebook videos of coachings, and people are talking and seeing pro tournaments, all sorts of fun things just for people to kind of dive and keep the wrestling itch going, as it were. Yeah, um, you were a big wrestling fan growing up. Um, tell me a little bit about seeing some uh, matches at the Cincinnati Gardens. I had never had a chance to witness any wrestling at the Cincinnati Gardens um, because I grew up out in California. Tell me about your experience as a fan seeing some great legends in the ring at the Cincinnati Gardens. Man, going back to when I was just knee high, I was a grasshopper, probably five, six years old, watching some old school uh, wrestlers, NWA, Baron Von Rashke, you know, down at the gardens, Jimmy Boogie Woogie Valiant, those type of guys, and uh, saw some WWF before they moved to uh, WWE, to the uh, big arena downtown, I saw some TNA pay-per-views, uh, the old buttons, I think I was there for a lockdown so, uh, filming they did. And then from there, later on in the years, what really got you uh, to train to become a professional wrestler? What was that thought in your head going, you know something, I could do this? <laughs> Interesting story. So this goes back to high school. You know, in high school, everybody's got their senior superlatives, you know, everyone from, from best dress to whatever. My senior superlative actually was most likely to become a WWF superstar. And I'm older, so it was called WWF back then. Uh, so from... Even in high school, uh, and I did wrestle in high school, but so people knew I was big, I was imposing, uh, but I had a theatrical type personality. So um, I was always a fan, enjoyed watching wrestling. Uh, I always called it a soap opera for dudes. Uh, the stories were great, big muscle bound guys beating on each other, women coming in, they start beating on each other. Um, it was just entertainment for me. I really enjoyed it. Um, watched it all my life. Um, WCW, love the Monday Night Wars, WCW, WWF, WWE. Um, TNA came on the scene, Ring of Honor, started getting into a little bit more of the independent scene. So just a huge fan. Um, and I remember being in Vegas, and I, I met a guy, and they ended up doing a, a fantasy camp thing out there. You know, they, they have fantasy camps for baseball and football. You've heard of those, right? Yeah. They, they made one for wrestling. And I said, this would be a hoot. I think I'm going to check it out. Uh, so I went out there, and I was... I think 40, the first time I went to one, was a great time, met some really cool people. We can dig into that as much as you want in a little bit, but uh, it was a few of those camps when I said to myself, this is so much fun, I really want to do this. Had I found this 10 years and maybe 100 pounds ago, I'd definitely be doing it. And one of the headlining stars that was at the camps said, if you had found this back then, you would be touring the country. If you want to do this, you can do this. Um, actually, I said, they, they still work currently. They're a national star. They, they work currently out there. And they said, 
if you wanted to do it, you could. I've wrestled people, and you listen in there, and that's really all it takes. So uh, I came back, fiddle fired around for about a year or so, started contacting, reaching out, and lo and behold, a training school returned my call, and fast forward a few months, and uh, I'm, I'm in the ring. That's pretty awesome. Um, let's talk about Sin Boldy. Um, you built a relationship with him and also had some uh, great uh, ring chemistry with him. We had a blast. He's just an absolute professional. He can he can go. I mean, he's 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 amazing in the ring. Um, super nice guy. Uh, he was one of the professionals I met at the fantasy camp, and of course. Most people knew him as Kazarni in WWE, uh, but he's still out there working every weekend and then some coaching his own school. Uh, but I met him in this fantasy camp and just we befriended one another. Um, wasn't just a fantasy camp student. He wasn't just a wrestler. We talked in between, and uh, as I made my debut and uh, got real training, uh, I asked him if he would want to uh, want to work together, and lo and behold, we did. So on, on February 8th at an APW show, we got to we got to work together. And then you were going to get a chance to work with him as well, but everything got canceled because of that coronavirus. No, we actually got our match in before Corona hit. Really? We did have the match, and it was it was fun. It was a lot of fun. What was it like to get in the ring with him and uh, pick his brain? I. It's amazing how much these long term veterans know and guys like him are willing to impart. He's probably forgotten more about the business than I've even learned at this point. He's such such a guy, so knowledgeable, um, was able to walk me through uh, some things, uh, very creative. We both put together a fun match. It, it was, I, I can't even speak to how awesome it was to get little tidbits uh, of knowledge from, from someone like that. You got in the ring with some other known uh, legends as well. Tell me about your time getting in the ring with uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. <laughs> so yeah, not too many people with uh, with my tenure in the in the wrestling industry can tout this, but I I have had uh, a match sort of with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Uh, he, we actually did an ECW finish where D'Lo Brown came in and finished the match with me on that one. So another notable, notable star, uh, Gangrel, the Vampire Warrior. I got in the ring with him. Uh, these are these are all part of the experience. But uh, they bumped me. I bumped them. So I, I like to think we we definitely mix it up. I got a real taste. And um, who else can say they they had their very first matches with a Hall of Famer? I know you had to be professional in the ring working with these uh, three legends, but but you have to admit, though, in your mind, the little boy in you was a little bit marking. Oh, I was fanboyed out. No, no doubt about it. Uh, as we're we're sitting around the ring, and these guys are just telling road stories, or even just reaching out to shake in my hand. Or I remember the first time I locked up with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. In my head was not all right. Here's here's where we're working, what spot we're getting to, or how we want to tell the story. In my head was, holy crap, I'm locked up with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. And then you're probably also thinking, going, holy crap, I'm getting in there with Gangrel and D'Lo Brown. This is a true fantasy dream for me. <laughs> Absolutely. It was, uh, the dream started right there. And it's only become more real as I've gotten to become truly trained, have some real matches in there with guys like Sin Bodie and some of the other guys on the local scene that I've gotten to perform with. 
Who was the most favorite independent wrestler in the local scene that you enjoyed getting a ring, would love to get back in a ring with, and um, you seem like you may have great chemistry with him or her? And there are so, I don't know about you, but I think the independent scene is having a renaissance, at least right before Corona hit. I've seen just local independent scene booming with talent, with more and more students coming on board. Uh, you know, 10, 15 years ago, there was a lot of guys in the scene and I kind of slowed down a little bit, but there's just so much talent out there now. Guys, of course, Cody Hawk, the infamous Cody Hawk, it would be an honor to get in there and have him uh, school me a bit. Um, Ken Watts is my head trainer, so I got to have a match with him. It was a, a four-way match, a gimmick match, but to be in there with guys like that, it, it's an honor. These guys have been doing this for a long time. They're very smart to the business. They know what they're doing, uh, and they can even take guys like me and help them have a good match. What was it like to work with Tim Lutz and train him with him and being part of Ascend Pro Wrestling here out, outside of Cincinnati and What's it like to work with all the great top talent in the roster over at Ascend Pro Wrestling? You know, when I started training there, I, I wasn't sure what to expect. I'd been to a couple training school classes for, for various schools just to check them out. And I came in and, and it was just so low-key, grassroots, professional, but informal, if that makes sense. Everyone was yeah. so welcoming and um, getting started in the business. I'm a little bit different than most of the, the up-and-comers. Um, a lot of the kids in the training school were half my age. So I, I started training at 42 years old. Hey, you know something? You're pretty young. I know another guy in the business. He's wrestling in Florida. His name is Joseph Saracino, and he got into the business at 66 years old. He trained. He's still with it, and he like um, beat half the young students in his class, and he's still rocking. That's amazing. See, hearing stories like that lets me know that you know there's there's still time. There's still I got plenty of gas in the tank if I want to choose to run it that way, which is great. Um, and getting in there with this, the guys, the talent at Ascend Pro Wrestling, there's some really talented kids in there. Um, so to, to be in the ring with them, whether just training or even on a show, to me it's a blessing. Uh, I feel very, very grateful to be able to share the ring with some of those guys. They're so so friendly um, and so talented. I wish I could do a third of the things they could do in the ring. It's pretty cool to watch. Yeah, I bet you wish you could be prima donny, right? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't everybody? <laughs> hey, if you know this in um, around, man, uh, those GK fan brothers sure do love me. <laughs> do. I've seen a lot of your a lot of your interviews with them. I think you've done a few with uh, with uh, Piper and Donnie. Oh heck yeah, those guys are great guys. I can um, see them um, going somewhere in the future. They're just some great young talent out there, like you said. There's no doubt that a lot of the guys on the indie scene right now that, that I've had the pleasure of meeting are going to be on TV someday. There's no doubt in my mind. Just the, the talent pool that's there, the, the quality of the coaches and trainers around the area, the professionalism of people who know bookers and know producers and know other coaches to polish some of these guys as they further their career. There's no doubt that I'm going to be watching TV and some of these guys are going to show up. Speaking of B.A. Bundy, How'd you come up with B.A. Bundy? That's an interesting name. B.A. Bundy. So uh, B.A. Bundy has a certain look to him. He's a rather large fellow, a legit over 300 pounder, 
bald, so kind of reminiscent of the old King Kong Bundy, and being a little bit older, uh, definitely wanted to pay honor to the Bundy name. Um, somewhat of a smart aleck, if you've ever seen him perform, he loves to crack jokes and kind of cap on people, so definitely an Al Bundy influence, and kind of mean streak, though, he's a bit sadistic, so almost a little bit of a Ted Bundy in there. Um, so the Bundy, the Bundy name was very prevalent, and uh, B.A., initials a lot of people want to know what that stands for and and we've heard everything talking about the size of anterior regions to bad attitudes or whatnot but uh it actually that that name actually came from uh, a friend of mine was talking to me on social media and we were talking about different costumes i perform in in other areas of life uh and he said man that costume is kind of ba and that's where the name came from Okay, I was wondering about that because I kept on thinking of different names too and you mentioned a lot of those names. Now I know because I was just like a little bit curious as well. Um, another question I'm going to ask you, I don't know if I met you or not. Did I meet you over at a Battle on the Border pro wrestling show? Uh, not at a Battle on the Border. I know I've met you at Slamta. Um, I've seen you at an FGW event. I, I Sometimes I'll go there just to watch. I'll buy a ticket and watch as a fan because um, it's independent wrestling and I enjoy it. Uh, so I, I've seen you around at a couple different shows. I think uh, we traveled. We were at a World's Finest Wrestling okay. via show one day. So, yeah. Yeah, I was at a World's Finest show where... Um, you're supposed to have uh, been there because, you know, I, I, I work with Keith P. Miller, um, do some of the interviews and promos for him for World's Finest. And I think um, the reason why the show was canceled was because, you know, uh, the power was out and everything. And then I was just hearing a story that I guess you came up like halfway and then, and then after that you decided to drive back home. Well, uh, to hear Bundy tell it, you know, he's got his <laughs> own skewed views on things. But I understand he said... He's been booked there twice for a Sunday show, and both times the Sunday show was canceled for one reason or another, uh-huh. one being the mechanical issues you were speaking about, one being, I guess, the the COVID scare really started hitting its main, main peaks there, so uh, they, they canceled with that. So he's really only appeared on show one time, and that was one of their big Saturday shows where he wrestled TJ Kemp. Yeah, I remember that as well. So what was it like to... Uh work over at World's Finest Wrestling and uh, working with, uh, you know, the owner, the promoter, uh, Keith P. Miller. He is a very, very cool guy. Um, Working with him, uh, I've had nothing but pleasant, pleasant uh, interactions with him. He is such, such a cool dude. Uh, In the locker room over there, all the guys were very nice. Uh, The show I was on, I think I had met maybe two people in the entire locker room so i didn't know anyone um still they were all very friendly very welcoming willing to give feedback uh, as a newer guy in the business it was cool to talk with some of them um they had several guys there that had been working for over 20 years so i was definitely in the midst of experience and speaking since you started training at an older age you know but also think about uh diamond dallas page he started off you know like in his late 30s as well um, so when you finally first, you know, step foot in the ring for the very first time during your training and get ready to do your first match, you know, being a guy in his forties, what were you feeling at that time when you finally got into that ring, had the, a whole audience watching, what was in your mind thinking about wh- who you're going to end up doing to your opponent and what was going around your whole mind the whole time? 
you know, the cool part, I had I had a lot of support, people I know. I mean, that first show, uh, APW show back in August, we had a lot of response. Community came out in full force for us. Um, I've done performing in many other areas, so being in front of a crowd was not new to me. Um, it was fun. Uh, I was still kind of a kid. I was in there being a kid. It wasn't... It wasn't really business at that point. I was still just being a kid. And uh, the guy I was working with was also an indie scene longtime veteran, uh, the Lost Cause, Anthony Lee. And he, big guy, strong guy, quick guy for his size. And he allowed me to be the first guy to take a top rope moonsault from him. And I, I felt very honored for that. How did it feel to uh, get that taken by him? Uh, <clears throat> I didn't feel a thing. Uh, it could have been the adrenaline. It could have been that I was tired. It could have been that I was geeked. Uh, I, who knows? But I didn't feel a thing. I bet you had that big smile on your face, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> probably. Probably grinning ear to ear most of the match. <laughs> That's pretty wild. Um, also in your life, too, you went down a dark path um, with alcohol. You battled depression and suicidal tendencies. What was that like going for you during that time before you decided to wake up one day and, you know, straighten up your life? Man, those are those are some years, and thankfully a lot of those years are behind. But um, yeah, it was. I went to a not great place. I uh, battled. I battled. I'm a big guy, and I battled weight issues most of my life. I topped out well over 400 pounds, and I had the gastric bypass surgery uh, back in 2002. I ended up losing 150-ish pounds, and uh, that was nice. And as the food subsided because I couldn't eat a whole pizza anymore. <laughs> I picked up my drinking really ramped up. So the next few years, I drank pretty much consistently. I'm not sure I drew very many sober breaths in the next several years. Uh, finally, that's over in 2004. Um, just to put it in perspective, I was the last night I drank, we, we counted uh, about 75 drinks that night. Damn. Yeah, so my tolerance was... Through the roof, uh, most people I worked with didn't even know that I had that kind of a problem. I was hiding it very well. Um, so it was rough. I detoxed pretty good for a couple weeks uh, and then found found a program that helped me uh, never pick up again. And I've, I've found it not found it necessary to pick up a drink or a drug in the last 15 years. So um, thankfully, that's not because of my own doing. That's because of power greater than me and a fellowship. But uh you know, awesome that it went there. Um, but that wasn't enough. Uh, I found other demons found me, I guess. Um, and that, that was in the form of depression. So I was clinically treated, medication, that whole nine. Um, you know, to be honest, Robin, I, I got a blessed life. I have a blessed life. I have a, grad, I have a master's degree in criminal justice. So I've been to college. I have a good job. I've always had a good job. Um, doing things I love, helping me feel like I'm serving a purpose in the world but still battled depression, still wanted to not be a part of um, the world. So a few attempts later, um, medicine interventions, none of that really worked. Ended up going to Salt Lake City where I had uh, my brain zapped. There was a new procedure where they used to, uh, to stimulate certain parts of the brain to make the chemicals that you need to, to have to kind of help with some of that depression. And that worked. I've taken the tests, I've had follow-up interviews, and the scores um, are down in the definitely manageable range to where clinically, I'm not diagnosed with that anymore, thankfully, and I don't have any of those recurring serious thoughts. 
Well, amen for you, and that's good because God was watching over you. Man, something something wanted me here, and that's what I've come to learn. Basically, with the weight, I should have been dead before I was thirty. I had a doctor tell me that. So um, the alcoholism, I should have been dead shortly thereafter. With suicide, I tried it. So there's a reason I'm here. I don't know what that is, but I'm gonna live it up while I am here. Hey, that's a good way to think. That's a great attitude. So by doing this, you think uh, pro wrestling was a good thing for you in your life after you battled all of your demons? I, it was a way to live a dream. You know, if you're, I don't know if you've had experience with folks that have been down the, the road of always talking the what ifs. You know, when I was heavy, I would say, what if I could do this but never do it? In drinking, I had a lot of pipe dreams that I talked about but never really went for it. So this was something I enjoyed all my life. I kind of like a little bit of pain. I'm sick like that. I like performing and being theatrical. So it was a way for me to say, I'm following something. Am I ever going to be on WWE? Probably not. Odds are against me. That doesn't mean I'm not going to try, but I'm enjoying what's here. I'm living out a dream, enjoying what's here. Hey, you know something, and and good for you. And speaking how you like were like in a ring, you also did, um, you said earlier on this interview that you've done other stuff in the performing industry as well. What was some of that? So I've been I've been involved with the haunted house acting scene for well over twenty years. Um, the last ten years, I've been with the Dent Schoolhouse, which is one of the premier attractions in the nation. So been with them. Shout outs to those guys. Uh, not just in their haunted house areas, but also I was Scooby Doo there for several years. Hope that didn't burn anybody's mystery bubble. Uh, but I've I've worked costume character for uh, Festival of Lights. I've been costume characters for different promotional events, off-site, um, Bad Santa, that sort of thing. Um, I did stand-up comedy for a number of years. I didn't say I did it well, but I did it for a number of years. Um, it was fun. I lost doing it. So I did most years murder mystery content with American Immersion Theater. Shout-out to those guys as well, where I've performed in over 125 shows. Wow, that's amazing. So to get into um, the haunted attractions, you must have had to been a huge horror fan as too. I, I do like it. Uh, I'm a fan of horror films. Um, nothing so much new that's really caught my attention. But as far as the classics go, I'm a Freddy Krueger and Michael Myers guy. That's awesome. Um, my uh, first two horror films I got into when I started getting the horror films was... Um, Phantasm and the original Halloween. Those were my two films. Nice. It, it, I mean, that, and I can still watch those today and still get freaked out, you know? <laughs> and I remember all the Elm Street films too. <clears throat> those were fun too. And um, since you're a big fan of the um, Freddy Krueger and Michael Myers, have you ever been to any of the horror conventions that ever met like any of the actors that portrayed Michael Myers or even met Robert England? Uh, not personally, no, I'm not, I don't do much conventions, uh, honestly, and weirdly enough, as much as I like performing, both in ring, comedy, murder mystery, outside of that, I'm not so much a people person. I mean, the social distancing thing, not bothering me too much to stay six feet away from people. Uh, <laughs> weird, I know. Um, so I don't go to a lot of conventions unless it's for maybe on forming, I've done that a couple times, uh, or... For business, uh, I have gone to Transworld a couple times in St. Louis. That was fun, um, interesting for what it was. 
very huge convention. And uh, this past year, actually in January, I was at HotCon in New Orleans. I taught an actor class down there. What was it like to go down to New Orleans? I've never been there. What's the experience like? And was and that had to have been interesting teaching an acting class. What um, what was that like for you down there as well? And since you've done acting in the past, did it really help you uh, um, better your character, B.A. Bundy, as well? So, yeah, New Orleans was fun. I had never been in my life, so I knew one of the things I had to try was all the different food down there. Being a big guy, that was not a problem. So I got to try several of the local favorites. Uh, that was cool. I got to see all the mausoleums. That was the thing that probably culture shocked me the most. I knew about it. I knew that because of the, the sea level and how close New Orleans was, how low New Orleans was, they didn't really dig graves. So everything was above ground, mausoleums and such. So just seeing that was kind of like, oh, hey, it's real. Um, but otherwise, it was really cool. Um, the conference conference was cool. Uh, teaching the class was a lot of fun. Uh, actually, this was the second time I taught a class at a haunt convention. I taught one last year in Mansfield. Uh, same class, actually, Q-Line Acting and Improv, which really adds to wrestling characters. So as far as coming up with my character and really bringing B.A. Bundy to life, being a performer probably gave me a leg up in that department. I bet it was. So um, when you um, came, since you already told us how you came up B.A. Bundy, were there other characters you were coming up with, you know, uh, brainstorming before you came up with uh, B.A. Bundy? Uh, no. Oddly enough, he was the <laughs> first one. Uh, as we were, and the coaches, of course, helped, helped shape that a little bit. But as we started thinking about a character and a name, I, I kind of knew a little bit that it had to be something that I could latch onto as a person mm -hmm. and just kind of dial up uh, my my true personality to come up with that character. Mm -hmm. So I knew a little bit about it, and really we just watched my moveset start to evolve, my style, what I was most comfortable doing in the ring, my mannerisms, my build, and, and really B.A. Bundy just kind of evolved organically. So how did the fans react to B.A. Bundy? <laughs> um, how do I say this nicely? Uh... Kind of however I tell them to. Um, <laughs> not, not in a mean way. That's kind of how it's supposed to be. Um, so B.A. Bundy is, is a heel, classic heel. Yeah. He starts making fun of people. He threatens people, acts like he's going to punch kids, all that sort of thing. And people just don't like that generally. Um, my experience has been they, they like watching, performing in the ring, and I have to bring that attitude out to, to get the booze and stuff. Um, but if I... I played a face in certain venues at certain times, so if that's, if that's what the promotion called for, uh, I'm able to get the crowd in and cheer, um, and I can, I can make them boo me. Speaking of that, um, was there any, like all the shows you did, was there any particular fans you like picked out and knew that you can uh, uh, get, get, get them to get into you and hate you in the, in the ring that you were doing your job going, man, this person right there really hates me. I'd like to see how far it goes. I haven't gotten any that's tried to jump a barricade or meet me outside yet, so there's still there's still some room to grow as a heel. Um, but it, it's fun to to do that. Um, being being an actor in other venues, I, I get adept at picking out certain individuals that I, I just kind of innately know are going to play along, and that's really what I'm looking for in, in my crowd. I want the crowd to play along, and even though several people in the crowd might. There are certain people that will be quiet no matter what I do, and there will be people that will be loud no matter what I do. 
And I'm really looking for that person that I can take on the journey and will follow me up to what I do. So if I'm, if I start playing a faith and they're really cheering me and, you know, saying, yeah, go, go, go. Then that's the person I kind of am targeting. And if I'm a heel and when I do something mean to the baby face and they kind of boo me and maybe they shake their fist at me, then that's the person I'm watching. So, okay, that's my target. That's who I want to take on this journey. So if I go out there and I want to threaten anybody in the crowd, that's the person I'm looking at so that the people around them see this reaction and go, oh, we're allowed to yell at this guy and, you know, maybe throw a piece of popcorn at him. <laughs> cool with that. So, um, where do you see from 2020 all the way many years now, where do you see the journey of B.A. Bundy going? <clears throat> as much as it sounds like a cop-out, I really can't see that far into the future. Not to say I don't see B.A. Bundy that far in the future. I just, having had as many life experiences as I have where I kind of truly believe in my personal life that I'm, I'm living on borrowed time, that forces were at play that didn't want me here and I'm here for a reason. So I'm enjoying each day as it comes as much as possible. I banter a lot, I, I kvetch a lot on social media or whatever, but truly in my heart, I want to enjoy every day as it comes. So if, God forbid, I hope it doesn't happen, something came along in my first match back after COVID to where my career is over, I've enjoyed what I've had. And if I get to play along for another five or 10 years and this is a blast and maybe I try managing, maybe I try commentating, maybe I, whatever, uh, just enjoy the business and see what comes. Hey, that's a, you know, that's a good attitude to have, you know, that's a, that's a good answer. So where can everybody find uh, you on social media so they can follow B.A. Bundy and see what he's going to be doing next? Uh, so B.A. Bundy on Facebook uh, has his own account. So folks, fans can try to re fan request uh, B.A. Bundy, but he's kind of a jerk, so he may or may not accept. Uh, no, he'll accept. Uh, <laughs> but he also has a page for those people that don't want to, you know, necessarily get all the followings along on everyone's account that happens. Um, so you can follow B.A. Bundy's page and just kind of see what's going on. Also, uh, come out to some of your local shows once this current crisis is over and we're all back out there working. Um, Ascend Pro Wrestling is my home organization so you can see me typically on every ascend pro show and if you want to come see bundy too that's fine uh but also done a few gigs with world's finest wrestling um done a couple shows with hoosier pro not a whole lot uh, they were a fun place if they have the need for something i can provide i would love to get back there again and hopefully we see ba bundy really start branching out into some more areas in the local scene Hey, that'd be great. Who knows? Maybe we'll see B.A. Bundy showing up future great wrestling. It's very possible. <laughs> I like that even more. <laughs> um, speaking since your home is Ascend Pro Wrestling, of all the uh, wrestlers in that roster, who would you like to get in a ring with right now that you really, really just want to beat the living tar out of? So, Terry, Terry doesn't really want to beat beat up anybody. Terry's kind of a nice guy. But I've heard Bundy talking. Uh-huh. Bundy Bundy runs his mouth a lot. <laughs> and he, he hates the goody goody two shoe people and he just wants to beat them up just for the sake of beating them up. And there are a few goody goody two shoes 
in a sin pro wrestling. There's this new kid, Rickett, kind of a skinny kid. I don't know if you've seen him. Very talented, high flyer, quick paced, uh, starting to develop a character. Bundy said he wouldn't mind teaching him a lesson or two sometime. <laughs> A um, couple new guys still in training that are looking to break onto the scene. I'm sure Bundy wouldn't mind whooping them in the shape of time or two. Uh, and, and Paul Axt. Oh, I was going to get ready to ask you about that. I would love to see B.A. Bundy give Paul Axt a lesson in the ring, man. That'd be a good match. It actually did happen at November Rain. Mm-hmm. B.A. Bundy and Paul Axt locked horns at APW show in November. Um, that probably will not be the last time that happens because those are both two big colossal and strong guys damn and i missed that i would have loved to saw that darn it <laughs> it's it's there and i'm sure sin pro wrestling actually i know one of the things they're doing is they're going to start putting some matches out with commentary uh, on on the sin pro wrestling page i believe they put their first one out today nice. uh, from uh, several of them from november rain so be on the lookout for that like the sin pro wrestling page and you could see some of these matches uh, that have happened especially now during the covid crisis just to kind of keep people's spirits up and give them their wrestling fix okay and one more question so what do you think about you know uh wwe aew and uh most of the wrestling you know uh you know big shows uh doing uh shows without an audience isn't that don't you kind of kind of feel weird watching something like that with with not no audience participation it's definitely different um first and foremost as a fan uh, i'm grateful that they're still putting out a product so many of us are unable to do that so it's great that they're still trying to put something out to entertain people as someone in the business on a much smaller scale and with much less time in of course that means i have an opinion uh, <laughs> but i watch them and i guess i i don't enjoy the the empty arena match when it's done using almost the same format as a regular show, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. Um, almost, I'd almost like to see it run. And I, I see AEW actually doing this, almost running their show like an old school NWA studio show. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. NWA power is where it's at because I grew up watching wrestling in the 80s. And the cool thing I like about the NWA power studio, it's just like the old set back from the 80s, which I love. And you could you could put on a show and get that small crowd interaction, uh, but it's definitely recorded and you're playing more to the camera than the audience, which I see AEW doing when they're putting some of their stars and their talent around the ring as like a small audience. Uh, so it focuses focuses or keeps the athletes focused more on the, the camera than trying to play to a crowd that's not there. Also cuts down some of the ambient or, or, or adds an ambient noise to cut down on some of the things as a fan you might hear that might not be as enjoyable if that makes i know you know what i'm talking about oh exactly yes i do i know exactly what you're talking about that's what i was asking (laughs) (laughs) well terry thank you so much for coming out of your busy schedule to come on and uh share your story with me and my uh, audience I, no problem. Thank you so much for having me. It was an absolute blessing. I'm very fortunate to be here and uh, would love to talk with you again sometime. Oh, it would be a pleasure and looking forward to you know talking to you a little bit more at some uh, wrestling shows as well. 
Yes, sir. Everybody be safe, be healthy, be well, and hope to see you guys all out there on the road. And everybody else, uh, thank you for listening to Wrestle Popcast. You can follow me at Twitter at Rob Kicks Wrestle Popcast, Facebook at Wrestle Popcast. You can subscribe to my YouTube channel, Wrestle Popcast. I'm on Facebook at Wrestle Popcast, and you can follow my platforms at Wrestle Popcast at Spreaker.com, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, uh, Cast Castbox, um, Podcast City Network at podcastcity.net, and also uh, hitting the Marks Network as well. And you can, um, when this horrible coronavirus is done and when the wrestling shows are coming back live and strong, you can um, watch my show, Future Great Wrestling Beyond the Bell, on Future Great Wrestling Shockwave if you subscribe to the Wrestle um, Podcast. Um, page which is mine on youtube um there's a link you can subscribe to future great wrestling and check out some new episodes of shockwave every wednesday night at 8 p.m with my beyond the bell show everybody thank you for listening good night wash your hands and be safe